0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Cross Country Sports Podcast, which may or may not be called the Cross Country Sports Podcast if you choose to tune in in in, like June of 2025. Um, We'll see. Now, um, I'm Noah Friedman, you hear my voice, you'll hear Elijah Zolanki's voice in a minute, and this is episode four of the Cross Country Sports Podcast as it's known right now in this time on Friday night, January 15th, 2021. Elijah, we talked about the Super Wild Card Weekend in the last episode that we did. Now, we are going to turn our attention to the slate of games this Saturday and Sunday Divisional Weekend, which in my estimation is the best slate of football.
1: Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I will say, now that there are three wild card games uh, each day of the uh, Super Wild card Weekend, that's pretty cool, but... Divisional weekends always been my favorite. You know the games obviously have more meaning at this point because they're playing for the conference championship. And I personally can't wait. I'm I'm stoked. I know my team's out. It'll be a lot cooler if we had another shot at the Packers, but it's okay because uh, probably weren't going to beat them anyway. And I think Rams Packers is going to be a great game. And conveniently, that's the one. That's the first one, and uh, that's the one I want to start with. So. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Noah, how do you feel about it?
0: So I was discussing this very topic with a coworker of mine who is a huge Packers fan. And I said, so, hey, what are you feeling like one day before kickoff? How are you feeling? And he said, I think that if the Packers jump out to an early lead, the Packers will win the game. If it's 21 to 17 going into the fourth quarter, I think that this plays into the hands of the Los Angeles Rams. And I have to say, I completely agree with him on the fact that Jared Goff is coming off a game in which he was playing with a broken thumb and not to say that it hasn't healed properly because it had only been 12 days since he had had some thumb surgery. Sorry, do that tongue twister. And if that is the case, hypothetically that the Rams are down 21 17 going into the fourth quarter, the Rams can run the ball. They're, Very good and potent on the ground. Cam Akers had a great game last week against Seattle. Malcolm Brown is always a durable running back. I think that the uh, Packers will still have a shot, though, and I think that they're going to win the game, and here's why. You have the presumed MVP of the league in Aaron Rodgers, and he's coming off a week where he hasn't played. Aaron Rodgers coming off a bye has been fantastic throughout his career. I can't give you the numbers because I didn't pull it up and I didn't know what my talking point would be, but I'm pretty sure coming off of a bye, the Green Bay Packers are very good under Rogers tutelage. So um, another reason why I feel like Green Bay has a shot is because weather. And obviously the road goes through Lambeau. They're the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, At about kickoff, which is supposed to happen um, sometime in the afternoon, And it's going to be 35 degrees, no precipitation, which will be nice, and double-digit wind speeds. So, guess what? Even though we're not having that usual Lambeau-style game, I still think that the Rams coming from sunny Los Angeles, playing in a dome like SoFi Stadium, um, don't necessarily have the conditions for what it takes to win against a future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, I might add, in Aaron Rodgers.
1: You know, I disagree with the idea that the Rams are going to struggle because of the weather. I think the Rams are built to win in cold weather stadiums for whatever reason, even though obviously they're in sunny Los Angeles in the beautiful SoFi dome. Is that what it's called? The SoFi? SoFi stadium. SoFi stadium. Thank you. It's new. I'm getting there. Uh, But um, I, the Rams are, designed to run the ball take time off the clock play a short game they don't demand a lot out of their quarterback whoever their quarterback is they don't expect i mean obviously they demand but they, like they expect the quarterback to go out there and win the game but if you watch the seattle game Goff made some plays but he didn't like he wasn't in a situation where the game was falling on his shoulders And I agree that if the Packers jump out to an early lead, it's going to be hard for the Rams to come back because I think that when Goff has to sit in the pocket and be a purely drop-back passer, I think that limits Los Angeles, makes it a little bit more difficult, especially given how the Green Bay defense, they play a lot of nickel and they're pretty much designed to take away the pass. Um, But I, I just think that the way the Rams are designed, they are a classically designed playoff team in the sense that they run the ball really really well and they play great defense and the big x factor for this game is none other than my favorite non-bear in the nfl and probably the best defensive player in the league one of the best we've seen in a long time aaron donald uh and i expect him to be in the backfield a lot now aaron Rodgers will probably get his roughing the passer call because that's a uh, just the way Aaron Rodgers works. But I, I flip flopped on this one a lot. And the line is at six and a half. I definitely like the Rams to cover. And I I think I like them to win the game outright. I say 23, 20. I've seen the Packers struggle in the playoffs against teams who know how to run the ball really well, even at home. That goes for the, the 49ers beat them in, um, In 2013, this was a similarly structured Packers team. Uh, Kaepernick went in there and ran all over them. And I think that this this Rams team is designed to beat guys like Aaron Rodgers because they're able to run the ball a lot, keep the Packers off the field, and get after the quarterback. That's the formula. Having said that, Aaron Rodgers is still the bad man, and they could very well win. But I'm still going to take the Rams – uh, by a field goal.
0: That's your upset special, huh? So here's my upset special. Here, so here's what I take from your analysis. I, I think that you've made some very good points. One of the things that I want to see when Rogers takes the field against the Rams defense, because obviously no one is going to pay attention to Rams offense against Packers defense. I think those two cancel each other out. The main point of competition. I I, I I hear me out. My main point of competition, what everyone is going to pay attention to is how Aaron Rodgers is going to get Devontae Adams the ball against Jalen Ramsey. It is the best pure cornerback to wide receiver matchup that we have in this divisional slate. How is Jalen Ramsey, who's being paid the highest amongst any defensive back in the history of the NFL, going to contain Devontae Adams, the leading touchdown receptions leader um, in this 2020 NFL season? How is Devontae Adams going to run his best routes against a guy who shuts down basically anybody, the modern day Darrell Revis, if you will. So I'm looking at that matchup. And if that, those two cancel each other out, then it's going to have to be Packers wide receivers like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard, and potentially one of the best names in the NFL who hasn't really made a name for himself just yet, Equinemius St. Brown.
1: Oh yes, I love that. Hear
0: that name. If you hear that name a lot tomorrow, that means that he's having a breakout time, and the Rams aren't necessarily looking for him in the scouting report. So, you know, if, well, if I was going to say, if Rodgers can get his targets lined up squarely, if he doesn't find Devonte Adams as his first target on reads, then I think the Packers have a great chance to win. Having said that, Brandon Staley is one of the best up-and-coming coaches in the NFL. His first year as the Rams defensive coordinator, he's done a fantastic job for some reason, not getting a whole ton of coaching interviews, probably because the Rams are still in the playoffs. I still think that Aaron Rodgers somehow smarts him out because he seems to smart out every defense that he covers. And it's shown this season and at 37 years old, he's still at the top of his game. So I'm taking the Packers in similar scoring fashion to your prediction, 24 to 20. You know, I, I
1: I despise the Packers with every fiber of my being, but I gotta say, they have some incredible names, just in general on that team. Equimurius St. Brown. I'm sorry if I butchered that. But, Equinimius. Uh,
0: yeah. See an enemy.
1: <laughs> the, that uh, you know, uh, Darnell Savage. Like, come on, if your last name is Savage, you can't not be good at football. And then, Jair sure. Alexander, who, by the way, you know, we're talking about Jalen Ramsey, Jair Alexander. Also, incredible corner. Um, but just in general, the thing is, we, we, we talked a little bit about that Ramsey versus Devontae Adams matchup. And I, I yes, like that is definitely something that I want to see. That's must watch football. Obviously, two people just at their pinnacle. It's like Randy Johnson going up against Barry Bonds. That might not be the best example, but it's the general idea. But so um, that they didn't
0: face each other. One's an L player, one's an AL player. So,
1: that's, this is true. This is true. At least but, at
0: that particular time when they were both at their peak,
1: right? But, but this general, but the general idea of, um, the general idea of just like a great matchup really must watch, must watch TV for anyone who likes uh athletic competition. Um, but the thing is, I don't think Devonta Adams really has to have a big game just because Aaron Rodgers is gifted at finding. Guys who you may have never heard of in the playoffs getting them the ball. Uh, also, Robert Tunyon has been a really solid tight end just by virtue of Aaron Rodgers being able to find him like he does. And look, and the thing about Rodgers is, I, I think, you know, like we'll, we'll have debates about this. I think he is the best quarterback to ever play the game, not necessarily the greatest. I think those are, I think there's a distinction to be made there. But just in terms of talent, I think he's really second to none. And this season has been no different. He looks as good as he's ever looked. Having said that, I still think that this Rams defense, if anyone is going to be able to shut down the Packers defense or excuse me, the Packers offense, it is this Rams defense. Um, But also like that has to be juxtaposed with the Rams offense, uh, who I think is also designed to beat this Packers defense because the Rams prioritize running the ball. Packers prioritize stopping the pass and usually allow teams to run on them pretty well. So it's going to be interesting. A lot of really interesting matchups. A lot of them favor the Rams, I think. And that's why I give the Rams the edge. Having said that, it's really hard to count out the bad man Aaron Rodgers. Um, But yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Go Rams. Um, So let's uh, move on to the afternoon game or the evening game, depending on where you live, which is Baltimore at Buffalo. Uh, This one, I'm really excited, Uh, but you go ahead first, Noah.
0: Okay. Well, I'm going to start off my talking point for this game the same way I started off my talking point for the Rams Packers game. And that is that weather will once again, be playing a factor this time in a much different sense. The Buffalo bills are located in orchard park, New York, which is right outside of Buffalo, right near Niagara falls. We've talked about this before and Going up to play the Buffalo Bills in January in the playoffs, whew, you're not necessarily getting yourself a good game here. 35 degrees, a kickoff, with a 60% chance that it is going to rain. And there might be some snow flurries in there. With that all being said, they're going up against the Baltimore Ravens, whose quarterback is from Florida, and he played at the University of Louisville. He admitted he's never played in snow before. Huh. This, to me is a ground game for the Baltimore Ravens, which I guess is a good thing considering they've got such a good attack in that position. You're going to be, seeing a lot of, you're going to be seeing a lot of run pass options with Lamar Jackson, trying to get a lot of uh, Buffalo bills to fake on, on the pass or fake on the run, whatever you might say, but Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram, JK Dobbins, those three players are the key to Baltimore getting the road upset. And I'm not saying that it's going to happen I need to talk this out a little bit more, but I'm saying if the Baltimore Ravens have a chance, it's going to be because of those three guys. And then of course, Lamar Jackson running the show. Having said that, the top key person that you're going to have to watch out for, somebody who I've mentioned on this podcast before, Don Wink Martindale, the Ravens defensive coordinator. How is he going to game plan against Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the Buffalo Bills offense, which has been so rampant in the past few games? That's what I'm going to be looking out for. I think that the Bills will still feel comfortable at home. I'm not sure if they're going to be any fans, just like there were against the Colts in that Super Wild Card game. But if there are, that could play a factor as well. Um, it's going to be a very interesting uh, kind of setting, if you will, because, like you said, it's an evening game in Buffalo, so the temperature is going to just continue to drop throughout the night, and. We'll have to see how the Ravens fare with that. But uh, with all that being said, I think that the Bills get it done and move on to the AFC Championship game, kind of like the promised land. The one thing that I have to say about this and what makes divisional weekend so interesting compared to others that we've witnessed is this is the first time that the new playoff format is instituted. So if this was the case last year, Buffalo would have had a bye. And this would be the first time that they would be playing in the playoffs. They actually played last week. So they have a game under their belt. Does that mean that with their competition coming in, also having played a game, that they'll be on the same kind of level playing field? Or will it be uh, a case where they might be tired from having played against another really good defense in the Colts? So I've drayed a cup, which means I have gone on long enough in Yiddish. (laughs) And I'm going to say that the Bills will win this game. I will say that the Bills will take it 27-17, to just because I feel like they might not figure out the run attack at first, but I think that they might get to it maybe by the middle of the second quarter, start of the third quarter.
1: Well, I will say it's a very interesting line at two and a half Buffalo's favored, meaning uh, a field goal might not cut it. You know, I I might, uh, or a field goal might, it might come down to a field goal. I should say. Um, I don't think Jackson Jackson, having never played in the snow is going to affect the snow. Wouldn't it be the one who prioritizes running as much as Jackson does? Um, having said that, you know, it's a totally new game sometimes uh, if it's snowing hard enough. That said, I, I think this game actually has a lot of similarities to the Rams-Packers game in that there's great quarterback from the home team, which is Josh Allen for the Bills, and uh, Baltimore is going to have to prioritize keeping him on the sideline, not letting him back on the field. Now, my line of thinking is, I think I like Baltimore in this game because of John Harbaugh and his experience. I think that really goes a long way. I think that Baltimore has been superb at running the ball. J.K. Dobbins is just a different breed and gus edwards has been really nice as well patrick ricard probably one of my favorite players i love a fullback love it. We, every team needs a really good fullback parents should raise their kids to be fullbacks it's the best position in all of sports um, and patrick ricard is the best and i just i as much as i love josh allen i think he has a bit of a far quality to him uh, as we saw manifest against the Colts when he uh, didn't he, he did he lose the fumble or did he just get sacked out of field goal range uh, on that one play it was a
0: strip sack fumble that he lost
1: right, but right.
0: i don't blame him for it i i give DeForest buckner all the credit for it because oh. he's a beast
1: buckner's a monster yes and uh, buckner made a great play there uh, having said that i still i mean at that point you got to hold on to the ball you, know, you got to get out of bounds or something um, and i think you know, I, I do see a little bit of in an Allen. And I love, don't get me wrong, I love Josh Allen. Uh, obviously, Wyoming kid, want to see him do well. I just, I like the Baltimore Ravens playoff experience. I think that Baltimore will be able to run the ball against this really solid Buffalo defense. But I, I do like, I think the Baltimore side is a little bit more physical on offense. And The Baltimore defense, they're no slouches either. You know, they were able to stop Derrick Henry. And it's just going to be interesting to see how, speaking of, you know, good cornerback versus receiver matchups, Marlon Humphrey versus Stephon Diggs should be really interesting. Um, And I'm really curious to see how Cole Beasley plays, finds holes uh, in the zones when necessary. Uh, It's going to come down to the wire. I'm taking Baltimore to win 24-23 in – I guess another upset special. Um, so, yeah, so far huh, we, we're, we, we're in disagreement across the board, but I imagine that's going to change with Sunday's games, which uh, the first one on Sunday, which is at three o'clock Eastern time, Kansas, or excuse me, Kansas city is going to be hosting Cleveland. It's a lot of words. Yeah. But it yes, is yes, Cleveland, Cleveland and Kansas City. Who, who you got, Noah?
0: Well, first, before I speak to that, uh, I want to give a shout out to my network, Fox Sports, who will be broadcasting that first uh, matchup on Saturday, which is Rams and, and Packers. So shout out to that. And then they will, of course, be broadcasting the, the next game that we will talk about. But going back to this matchup of Cleveland and Kansas City, another intriguing uh, watch because... You've got Kansas City coming off thereby, have to see how they perform. They've had a week to they've had a couple of weeks to study film now on either of the opponents that they're going to be playing, and they end up with Cleveland, which is the best story in all of the playoffs. Now, if you're anyone who loves a good story in sports, you think that Cleveland is going to come in and just do damage. The reality is that the Chiefs could possibly be better, this season than they were in their Super Bowl winning season as defending champions, which is insane. It's
1: insane. Terrifying.
0: So one of the things I want to highlight, and this has nothing to do with the game. It just has to do with nostalgia is the the Browns starting quarterback is Baker Mayfield who went to Oklahoma starting quarterback for the Kansas city Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes who went to Texas tech. Those two matched up in a game on Fox on October 22nd, 2016, when Oklahoma traveled remember. to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech, the final score of that game was 66 to 59, a Sooners victory over the Red Raiders. Mayfield, I'm pretty sure
1: Baker Mayfield, had
0: 100 billion yards that day. He had just short of that, 545 on 27 of 36 passing, seven touchdowns, no picks. Patrick Mahomes threw of an interception, but he also passed for five touchdowns himself. 734 yards on 88 passing attempts 52 of those being completions insane now you have the nfl and it's all going to be toned down. but mahomes is still putting up video like game numbers it doesn't matter which defense you put him up against he's going to be great so that's my prediction for this game as well because obviously the browns are not um oklahoma in terms of defense but they still aren't also the 1985 Chicago Bears either. And I think, and I love Patrick Mahomes. I love his left tackle, Mitchell Schwartz, who went to my high school, Palisades Charter High School, shout out. Um, Just Mm -hmm. thought I'd get him in the show because he's a great Jew in sports and he's a Palisades Charter High School alum. With that all being said though, when it comes down to hardcore analysis, I really want to see how Le'Veon Bell does because he has been carrying the workload at running back um, for Clyde Edwards who suffered a high ankle sprain late in the season. I want to see how he's utilized in the Kansas city offense against this Browns defense. I also want to see what the return of Kevin Stefanski as the play caller will mean for Baker Mayfield and that Browns offense. I want to see what they will be able to game plan against Steve Spagnolo and the chief defense and what Andy Reid might be calling at the line as well. With that all being said, Kansas City has had a, a great advantage throughout the season because they've been able to incorporate a bunch of fans, somehow not spreading coronavirus as far as I've seen. I'm not sure if you've seen any different reports, Elijah, but they've not. been able to pack in 16,000 or 25,000 into Arrowhead. And I think that'll be a huge advantage because Arrowhead Stadium is one of the loudest stadiums you could possibly have, even with uh, coronavirus in the air. So, uh, as much as I disagree with that, I think Kansas City puts on a great show, especially coming off of bye. I think they put up 35 points, and the Browns' dream run comes to an end. 35-21 Kansas City.
1: I like it, and I think we're mostly in agreement here. Uh, one thing I will say, this, this game also follows the same formula as uh, the earlier games we talked about. Although, in this case, while I think the Rams are going to be able to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. And while I think the Ravens will be able to keep Josh Allen off the field and neutralize him a bit, I do not think the Browns will be able to contain Pat Mahomes and this electrifying Kansas city offense. I think the key to the Browns winning is what they've been doing, what their identity has been throughout the season, which is give the ball to Kareem hunt, give the ball to Nick Chubb and get a lead and put Baker Mayfield in a situation where he can be at his best, which is play action, rollouts, uh, and just not put, putting him in a situation where he doesn't have to throw the ball a gazillion times like he did in that game against Texas, uh, Texas Tech, uh, back when Mahomes was there. Um, having said that, I just I, I think the chiefs are going to be able to get the win. I could see them forcing Mayfield into mistakes early in the game, although their defense isn't the most outstanding. They do know how to turn it on uh, come playoff time. I do think the Chiefs will have fans in their stadium, which will play a role. And I, I like the way the Browns have been this year. And I predicted them to get blown out last week. And I disrespected them in doing so. This week, I think it's going to be a little bit closer. It's going to be a good game. Um, but I do think Kansas City is going to run away with it at the end. I'm going to say 34 23 Kansas City wins and a relatively close game throughout. Uh, The Chiefs are going to be ahead early. The Browns are going to keep on coming back a little bit here and there. Uh, They're going to fight hard, but they're going to ultimately kick too many field goals in a game where they really need touchdowns to win. Uh, So, yes, Kansas City moves on and ends up hosting the AFC championship against. Well, I think Baltimore, but potentially Buffalo as well.
0: And I wanted to say before you move on, and thank you for also providing hard hitting analysis, which I failed to do in my first explanation, but I will try to give you some sort of uh, benefit to why I'm picking Kansas City. And another reason why is because, and this goes for every team in the NFL, if you're a Brown secondary player, how are you going to think about guarding Tyreek Hill, one of the fastest, most speedy wide receivers, and then Travis Kelsey,
1: what do you want to do? I'll I'll tell you the answer. I'll tell you the answer. Um, It's kind of, it's a complicated answer, but ideally what they do is take the safety, put them over the top of, of Tyreek Hill, make sure that, you know, no one gets, you you can't let Tyreek Hill beat you. Basically. The game plan has to be to seal off the top of the field. So Hill cannot win. So the safety has to just be ready for Hill to run his wasp routes or whatever up top. The key is you want to make Kelsey beat you. And the thing is like, you, you can't, well, you, you can't, the thing about Kelsey is you, you kind of got to let him get his yards because you don't want to be beat over the top. Like you don't want these explosive plays to beat you really the way to beat the chiefs is to make Patrick Mahomes be methodical, make him, Into Tom Brady, make him have to pick apart the defense. Because once you start blitzing and once you start bringing men down into the box and once you start trying to get too cute on defense, that's when he burns you. That's when he wins, is when really the the idea you want to make sure that the the Chiefs' offense is getting too fast for its own good. Um, And I guess the, the game plan that I expect to see from the Browns is bracket Tyreek Hill over the top and you got to let that Kelsey's going to get his yards, but contain him as well as possible. Um, Having said that, yes, you're right. I I I think it is too tall in order and the Browns are going to have their hands full, especially in that back end. And I want to mention one more thing, uh, I guess, about this game too, is you talked about Mitchell Schwartz. He's going to have his hands full with Miles Garrett over there uh, who is, you know, if Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in the league, Miles Garrett is probably, I I think he's probably top five just a really great, just such a specimen. Um, But yeah, I think he's going to be able to get, you know, he'll get his fair share of pressure, but the Browns defense does have their hands full this week. There's no question about it.
0: Olivier Vernon is a big Browns player who I think might have a big day if Miles Garrett is contained by Mitchell Schwartz. Um, And also Joe Woods, if you are listening, the Browns defensive coordinator you have uh, just gotten schooled by Elijah Zalonky. So please listen up because that plan could work. Oh,
1: oh yeah. I mean, I think that is – that's kind of that's generally the idea. That's what the, the – I mean, that's, that's the, the Belichick way. They had Keon Crossan running with Hill in that AFC Championship game, McCourty over the top just keeping him keeping him as contained as possible. And got, they got burned one time. They got burned once. Really, pass rush is key for the Browns. they got to be able to get there with fourth. They got to get to Mahomes, hit them hard, hit them early. Obviously, like, I don't know if you could tell from my tone, but I want Cleveland to win this game just because it, it feels a lot like the Cubs. I know it's a different team, but it just feels that way. But, um, but I, I still objectively think it's going to be KC, which is fine. You know, they're fun to watch. So.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. And I like watching the Kansas city chiefs play football too. And I love Andy Reed, Los Angeles native, someone who I think has just cemented his legacy as a hall of famer now. And. Even oh, though uh, there's so many likable players on that Kansas City team, I also love what the Browns have done this season, and I don't want their playoff run to come to an end. But objectively speaking, the Chiefs are going to win the game.
1: You are. We are probably right about this one.
0: Put the Although, boat oh, on man! There. I would.
1: I would. I would love to be like, oh man, I was wrong about this game in particular. But I want to be right about all the other ones. And speaking about all the other ones, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to. The big easy. That's New Orleans, right? The big easy. That is correct. Is it the apple. No, Apple is New York. Yeah. Uh, so we not got to be confused,
0: Not to be confused with the little apple, which is in Manhattan, Kansas. Oh, I did not know that. That's really Fun cool. Fact, go Kansas State
1: Athletics. Mm, shout out to all the people I know from Kansas. Evan Snyder, if you're listening, he goes to uh, Kansas. Um, he's a Hello, of Evan Snyder. Oh, great guy. Um, so. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. We got. Uh, I don't. I, I, I can't. Oh wait, I'm blanking. Who are the quarterbacks again?
0: Well, I think their combined age is about 170, but it's 170, really, I think, in reality, yeah. 83.
1: Something give or take, give or take a few. It's yeah, gonna be uh, the
0: uh, oldest quarterback matchup ever, based off of age. It's it's gotta be right, hundred oh. percent.
1: I, I can't think of it unless there was a game where George Blanda went up against. His clone or something, like in Johnny general, yeah. or something. Yeah, that, that that could have happened. um But yes, I think like that is a lot of age on the field. The fact is, Jared Goff is ten is ten years. I think he's eleven years younger than Aaron Rodgers, who's obviously younger than uh, Drew Brees and Tom Brady. But Jared Goff would be the oldest player. If he, was in, if he was in the AFC now, he would be the oldest starting quarterback in uh, the AFC in terms of the teams who are still playing, uh, which is just crazy to think about. It's just interesting how Tom Brady moves over to the NFC and then all these young kids in the AFC are just taking it by storm, really. Um, but, yes, a lot of age, you know, obviously two Wiley veterans. And I, I do think ultimately it's going to come down to – Obviously it's in New Orleans and they I think they do have fans there, um, which is gonna be helpful to the Saints. I it's gonna come down to which old Wiley veteran quarterback is better. And that's why I'm taking the Bucks. Uh, 27, 20, or I say 28. Mm, I, I keep on adding up more in my head. I'm gonna say 31. 31, 28, and just an amazing game, one that's going to be remembered for a long time because of these two incredible quarterbacks who really define Noah and my childhood. Um, You know, Noah's like Noah's been on the losing end of a lot of Tom Brady games, unfortunately, but you know, these guys, and obviously Breeze just beat my team last week, but, um, but yeah, I just think that it's going to come down to which old guy plays less old. And we've seen Breeze, play old, the past, what, four or five postseasons, and um, I just think Brady still has it, and that's why I like the Bucks.
0: Elijah, you provide some meaningful analysis, and I'm going to have to agree with you because of everything that you just said. The way that I'll explain it is by going back to the games that these two teams have played. It's one of the rare times where a divisional opponent is your uh opponent for the divisional round in the playoffs as well so back in week one the saints ended up scooting by the bucks in new orleans 34 23 then they ended up matching up again on november 8th and that was a big blowout, 38 to 3 uh the saints beat the buccaneers on the road and that just did not show who tom brady was at all it was still more about gelling i think that was the game also where bruce arians publicly criticized brady after the game Oh, yeah. a huge media firestorm i no, remember very well from it taking place in my office and this is the time where tom brady gets revenge there is no better way for tom brady to do his thing than in the playoffs against a divisional opponent he has been as you mentioned so torturous to so many of the teams that he calls a rival throughout his career the indianapolis colts of the 2000s included and this is finally the time, Elijah, where I think that the Bucks have finally found that gear. And this might be Tom Brady's coming out party to solidify the Bucs moving on, not only to the NFC Championship game, where hypothetically they would go to Green Bay, but to become the first team to host the Super Bowl in their stadium, which is a very realistic possibility. And I think that Brady to Evans is very, very good. I think that Devin White coming back off the COVID list is very, very good. Huge. He can provide a huge spark to that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Jason Pierre, Paul rounding into postseason form, has had experience before as well. And frankly, Drew Brees can't throw the ball down the field like he used to. Having Michael Thomas back is huge for them at the wide oh, receiver gosh. position. But I think they'll have the chances game,
1: against the Bucks secondary.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But maybe Sean Murphy Bunting will finally have a good game, and Carlton Davis is also another young stud at the um in the secondary for the Bucks. Uh, we'll have to see how they do. But other than Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, you really can't see a whole lot of options that the Saints can really rely on in this kind of uh, peak performance kind of game, and. I think that the way that Drew Brees has played in the past couple of weeks, you haven't necessarily had to rely on him. It's been that defense, and that'll be the key. Can Brady do Brady-like things? Is Bruce Arians big enough on the offensive end to have a game plan that could solidify Brady taking deep shots down the field like he likes to do against a Saints defense that has just been playing out of this world? And it'll be about the turnovers, and it'll be about how they play in the trenches. So that's the key for me, but that's why I'm also taking the Tampa Bay Bucks, And I think it'll be a high scoring game too. I'll go 35 to 31.
1: Okay. That sounds about right. That sounds like it'll be in that area. I do. For some reason, I'm feeling a couple of Gronk scores on Sunday.
0: I feel, a couple like, Gronk's
1: gonna, I feel like Gronk's going to find the end zone a few times. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a hell of a battle. And I mean, like yeah, two of the best quarterbacks of our generation. Um, really a lot of great quarterback play this weekend. I guess that's kind of why it's the playoffs, because great quarterbacks tend to last long. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm – I'm really excited for tomorrow and Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. It
0: Absolutely. will be.
1: Who do you think is going to be, out of all four games, all eight teams, one player who is going to – surprise or just stand above just transcend all expectations and just transcend everyone else who do you, who's going to be who is going to be the player of the weekend
0: well my low-hanging fruit answer because he posed this to me is a player who i mentioned about 20 minutes ago and that was equanimous st brown and huh. i could sound really dumb for saying that looking back on it if he ends up having zero catches on zero targets, but he he would be a player that I could think about. He's completely under, under the radar. But if we're thinking about players who have contributed in the past and then have been able to kind of step up in this playoff time, you could go with Rob Gronkowski. How has that year been since he, since he retired and not played? I mean, he's been able to pick it up late. We kind of didn't know where he was in the beginning of the season and now he's finally started to come along. And I think part of that is way
1: more than I expected him to, to be honest,
0: hundred percent. But also you have to think about OJ Howard as a, as a good option for the Buccaneers at the tight end position and his Achilles as well, which Cameron Brady as well. Rob Gronkowski with a lot of receptions along with Cameron Braid. So, and as we know, based off of Tom Brady's track record, he loves to utilize the tight ends, whether he oh, did yeah. it with, uh, a bunch of different people back in new England, which included Gronkowski. And that'll be another key too, for the Buccaneers to win. Can Brady's uh, crossing routes still work? And the Saints' defense, as we know, has been just, just excellent. Of course, holding Brady to three points in the last matchup that they played, which again, doesn't say anything about Tom Brady as as a player, but what I would want the Saints to do hypothetically, if they haven't already is go back and watch the Monday night football game that the Buccaneers played against the Rams and what Brandon Staley had done defensive coordinator wise. I think if, I think if the saints design themselves that way and also utilize some of the other options that they had throughout the season could be a very interesting game. And we could see maybe a touchdown or two on the other end for either team.
1: Oh, no question about it. I, I think, uh, Really, just defensive linemen in general. I think that they, I really want to see a lot of these guys step up this week. Cam Jordan for the Saints would be really great. Um, like you mentioned, Jason Pierre-Paul um, and his unusual amount of fingers. Um, <laughs> uh, then, obviously, Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, all them. I think you know Chris Jones for Kansas City, uh, just that big presence in the middle. I think that, especially in a lot of these cold weather games, uh, they're going to have their work cut out for them. But uh, like they're in a position also where they need to hunt. They need to get to the quarterback. Um, because like we said, you know, there's a lot of great quarterbacks playing this weekend. And they, we want the, the only way to beat these great quarterbacks is to get pressure and to knock them down. Especially early in the game, you want to rattle them, get them off their game as much as possible. You might get a flag here or there, but can't flag every time, right? Um, So yeah, I I guess. But if I have to pick one specific player, probably uh, probably Mahomes. I guess. I mean, it's low hanging. Oh, that's. I know. I know that's a bad. That's a bad answer.
0: Bad answer. answer.
1: The terrible answer. Um. You're picking this yeah, great. Someone to come, someone to come out and surprise.
0: Um, hmm. What do you think about a guy like Kareem Hunt for the Browns going back to play against Kansas? Well, I do think I, I think Kansas City. Oh, that's
1: that's a great storyline. But I also like I don't think the Browns are going to win the game. So I think he'll have a good game. But I, I don't think um that he he's not like my surprise X factor guy. You know, Le'Veon Bell maybe. I think that the – the yeah. I could see the Chiefs being in a situation where they, they need to get some yards on the ground and they, they need to just bring a little balance to the game. And I'm just interested to see how uh, Le'Veon Bell changes the pace for them. Um, I could see him having a really nice game, though, a couple of scores here and there. Um, but, yeah, you know, that's why they play the games. I'm really excited to see how this all plays out. And we will recap the weekend on – Uh, at some point next week after the games. Yep. Uh, But for now, or Noah, do you want to wrap it up or should I wrap it up? Sure. I could wrap it up. Yeah. You wrap it. You're, you're, you're a good rapper. Wrap it upper.
0: I'm, I'm like, I'm like Lil Dicky with the (laughs) wrap, but I'm not. But anywho, thank you so much to everybody who tuned in and listened to episode four of the cross country sports podcast. Again, check out the four NFL games on tap Uh, Rams and Packers on Saturday at 135 Pacific and then Ravens and Bills at 515 Pacific that's 715 in Tennessee where Elijah is then Mm -hmm. the morning slate featuring the um featuring the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Cleveland Browns at 1205 205 Tennessee time and then followed on Fox by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints um that'll do it for this episode of the Cross Country Sport Podcast for Elijah Zalonke, Noah Friedman. Thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you guys again next week.